It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Um, yeah, how would, how's your Tuesday going? Uh, you know, we got a couple things to go through. We'll recap some uh, kind of some dramatic play in the World Cup earlier today. Uh, Utah State women, I guess they played an afternoon game. Is totally, technically a morning game? I totally did not see that one coming. Yeah, I was keeping my eye on it. I had, uh, unfortunately, a lot of things I needed to do. <laughs> so, a lot of stuff involving football, basketball, boys' basketball, uh, even some stuff involving girls' basketball, trying to get in contact with coaches. I had a long list of things to get done today. And, unfortunately, as much as I wanted to be able to go and cover a Utah State-BYU game, because that's always, you know, big-ticket game. Yeah. I was just... I don't know. It was a debate. Cause like, this is kind of my job, but this is also a bunch of other things are also my job. And it's like, so I figured I'd I'd watch it and report on it and see what I could do. They ended up losing. So yeah, they lost. They I would have by ten. I would have kicked myself, you know, forever if Utah State had pulled off the win. <laughs> for not <laughs> that would have been a massive upset. So yeah, still, uh, it looked like they were getting blown out, and then they. Tried to come back and make it somewhat respectable near the end. Yeah, they did. They had a really bad second quarter. That's the thing, because actually outside of the second quarter, the two teams were tied. Utah State were outscored by four in that first quarter. They were really kind of holding their own in that first quarter, struggling a little bit on offense, but they were defending BYU well. In the second quarter, BYU just went off. They won that quarter 21-11. to then Utah State wins the third quarter, 21-19, and also the fourth quarter, 13-11. to So really outside of the second quarter, Utah State were generally keeping pace with BYU. So there's still some good things with this Utah State team. They did go on a two-game winning streak, um, which is better than nothing. <laughs> uh, this team was beginning to look like a real disappointment, almost a disaster for a little bit there. But they get a couple of wins. Kayla Ard seems to be really, you know, she's fighting for her job. And a lot of these players are, you know, they're also fighting for their careers. They're a bunch of outcasts, cast-offs, you know, people who are spending a lot of time in junior college or weren't getting the time they wanted at other D1 schools. So this is, everyone here is coaching for their career or playing for their career. And so there's motivation. They just have to move that motivation into execution. And it's been a process. <laughs> it's Yes, the process is uh, the right term. Um, so uh, a couple different things we want to get through today um, You know that uh, uh, we wanted to look at what's going on with high school hoops right now, uh, where things currently stand, just to 
Uh, we're coming into the uh, two, maybe three weeks for some of these teams. Yeah, into their seasons. Um, so still early returns on who these teams are. Uh, players rounding into shape for basketball shape, especially those multi-sport athletes. Um, and um, you know, the stat that blew our minds. We'll share our player of the week. We failed to tally, and that's on me. Uh, our pick six results. <laughs> Yesterday, so we'll reveal those a little bit later on as well. So a variety of different topics uh, to get through here on the show today. And as always, your input is welcome. Love to hear from you on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Speaking of which, 5338 texting in. Women players can fight too, signed Reagan Peebley. Was that was that Peebley's squad that got into it with UNLV, or was that uh, was that later? Was that after the fact? I thought uh, that was after she left. I don't uh, remember any of the specific names in that course. There was a fight like today or maybe last night in women's basketball too. But I'm I'm guessing he was referring to the the, the UNLV fight. <laughs> that one was nasty. Yeah, it was. I thought that was after Peebley. Um. I could be wrong. I just thought it was more recent than that. But yeah, it was. I remember hearing about it. I think I was. It was pretty at feisty. Utah State when it happened. I want to say, which was well, there after- was a dust up in one of the games, and then it, then the next time they played each other, it, it was really bad. It was. I, it was, was at it? UNLV. Wasn't that the one? And they it was really nuts. Makes national news. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that was wild. That was nuts. Um, oh, five three three eight. Peebley is coach of the TCU team that was involved in a fight last night. <laughs> oh, <course>. oh, <laughs> oh, okay. That's amazing. There you go. Always itching for a fight. <laughs> yeah, because Peebley, I'm. I didn't know where Peebley was. I knew that she left here and went to Fresno State. Uh, and I knew, knew she was there for a little while, but then I lost track. I don't. I didn't know where she was. So good for her that she's at TCU. Yeah, do, do maybe not right. so good if her team got involved in a fight, though. <laughs> <laughs> she's in her ninth season as the head basketball coach, TCU. Really, she's been there nine seasons. That's what it says. Oh wow. Reagan Peebley's in her ninth season as TCU's women's basketball coach in 2022-23. Wow. All right. Good for her. Yeah. (laughs) That's nuts. That's a P5 program. There you go. (laughs) Was just barely P5 when she joined. I think TCU went to the Big 12 around Mm 2013-2014, or were they earlier? Uh, same time as the Utes. Yeah, I got it in my head that BYU, Utah, and TCU all left the Mountain West in the same year, but I don't think they did. No. Because Utah, I think, left first, and then TCU. That's correct. And I think BYU might have even been in between, or maybe at the uh, same time as the Utes. I think Utah went first, then TCU. I thought it was Utah, TCU, and then BYU independent, but I could be wrong. Gonna get on Wikipedia because it has a it has a chart. Oh yeah, it should tell you the history of the Mountain West teams coming and going. Meanwhile, nine three one five texting in USU women's basketball should 
I have higher expectations. Yes. But uh, will I shoulder shrug emoji? All the losing is hard to get excited about. How long should you give someone before pitchforks and run them off status in women's basketball? Uh, it's a fair question. It um, and I think it's kind of standard applies to a lot of coaches and a lot of different sports. Um, I think the standards do vary, though, according to the sport, at least according to the sport's history at its destination. Um, but like, if you're the head football coach at Vanderbilt in the SEC, you don't have a lot of expectations. And they're never going to be really that high. <laughs> but if you're the head football coach at Alabama, you're going to have extremely high expectations. And if it does, if you don't start to perform, then you'll be on a very short leash. If you're the head coach at a basketball program, a women's basketball cr- program that does not have a history of success, then you know, you're. The, the biggest thing to be concerned about, uh, I, I guess you should say the biggest fear or concern would be apathy. That just people don't just don't care. Um, so I think that would be the biggest concern. Uh, but not because you're not meeting expectations, because there really aren't any expectations. Certainly there'd be some that you'd uh, hope to be better, but... Um, There really isn't much of a bar to get over to exceed expectations at a program like this. Yeah, the the trick is, is, you know, with with a program that was as down in the dumps as Utah State is, or is slash was, it takes several years to build that back up. And so, you know, giving Kayla Ard the reins, you kind of have to give her about three years, which I think is where she's at. She's been here for the 2020-21 season, the 21-22 season, now 22-23. So her third year out of a five-year contract. This is about where you begin to say, all right, put up or shut up. Because you need to be able to build the program. And the problem is she's not really been able to maintain any consistency because every single year, and again, I keep saying this, it, this is a phenomenon that predated Kayla Ard. This isn't necessarily unique to her is that they can't keep players on the team. There's this mass exodus of transfers and graduations. Some of that is they bring in players who only have one year of eligibility. Some of that is the players they recruit don't want to stay because the program's not good, they're not getting the playing time, maybe they're not developing the way they want to. And so every year there's like eight, nine, this year there was like 12 new players. Um, So it's just insane. And it's hard for her to build and, and... the way she's doing it is it's not working. And at some point, you just got to get a lucky roll with the coach. You know, Kayla Ard, by most accounts, has been a pretty decent coach. And she came in here with an incredibly hard task. She's not been able to make it work so far. And that happens. Great coaches go into bad situations and fail. It happens all the time. And sometimes, you know... Any coach will go into a bad situation and they'll somehow find a way to make it work. You know, Craig Smith kind of lucked into a little bit of what he got at Utah State. Now, granted, I think he's a great coach, but he kind of lucked into some of the things he got at Utah State. True. Yeah, and, he did. And you can find a bunch of different examples at 
you know, plenty of other schools aside from Utah State where they're in a bad situation. The right coach comes in, the right set of circumstances, you know, come about, and things work. So for Ard, it's just not working. This is probably her, I mean, maybe her final year. She's being paid like $200,000 a year. And she's got two more years after this, I believe. So I don't know if Utah State's going to want to pony up that and pay for a new coach because they think they'd have to pay 75% Hmm. of the rest of her contract. So like $300,000. And then, you know, if they fired after this year, about $300,000 plus whatever they'd have to pay the new coach. For for the new one, yeah. So again, it gets back to my thing about expectations. You know, it's... Certainly, there's pride from a program. You want the pro- every program to do well in your athletic department. You want every program to compete and try to be at a high level. When there's not much of a history there, like I said, it's a pretty low bar. It's not like it's, you know, they, they're regularly um, challenging for a conference championship. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, well, there's not a lot of expectation there, and you know, do we really go through the process of firing the coach, having to pay extra salary, bring somebody else in, and uh, cover all these extra expenses, or just let it play out and just not renew the contract? And we'll try to get a fresh start here in a few years. Because, yeah. again, low expectation, not a history there. It's not like there's a big fan base that normally comes to these games. So uh, it's it's sad, but that's kind of the way it is. Yeah, it is. And um, I want to read this text, uh, 7994. It says, I think a coach needs three years to recruit their team and start performing. Anything after that, you have to evaluate the recruiting class and how they perform. By year four or five, you should really be able to judge the coach. And I think, you know, like I said, this is probably the last year where I'm in, I think he may say maybe year four is the, the put-up-or-shut-up year. But really – you look at Kayla Ard's recruiting, well, she had two players stay on her team. Like, whatever recruiting she's doing, she can't keep them around. Well, and uh, I understand the mantra 7994, because believe me, I used to be of the same mindset, that you have to give a coach at least three years, and you don't really know how a coach is until years three, four, and five, because they're dealing with somebody else's hand. They're dealing with players who they did not recruit, who learned and had skill development under somebody else. And so give that coach, whomever it is, whatever the sport is, you have to give them a couple of years to really put their imprint on things. But I've, I've changed that, that mindset because of the transfer era. You can dramatically and drastically change your roster quite literally, overnight now. And Kayla Ard illustrated that. <laughs> All the transfer players and new players that, that came to this program. Cleaned house, players left, whether they were coached to leave or they had enough and didn't like the way things were and they decided to leave. We don't know all the nitty-gritty details there. But she totally remade her roster in one season. So I don't know that I'd really buy the give them three years four or five, I still I still hang on to that a little bit. But the way the transfer era now is, coaches don't need that much time 
to really illustrate the type of coach they are and the type of players that they want in their system because you can quite literally go out and get them and change over your roster overnight if you want to. Yeah, you look at um, what Ryan Odom has done where year one he's still pretty much dealing with mostly um, guys left over from Craig Smith. He brings in some transfers. Obviously, Gosh, some of those guys were Durier recruits. Yeah, so you know he always influenced the roster somewhat. Where he brought in a couple of guys, you know, namely Brandon Horvath, uh, also R.J. Adelrock, so a couple of starters, but largely dealing with previous recruits. This year, still obviously a lot of previous guys. You know, Ashworth and and uh, of course I believe Ryland Jones. I think I can't remember when he committed. Whether or not Smith was still the coach. No, he committed after Smith because Smith was bringing in Raleigh Worcester. Okay. And so Ryland's like, well, I'm going to go back home, and I got some buddies up there, so I'm going to go to the Utah State. Yeah, so you see I have Ryland Jones, and, you know, Shogo is still, I believe, a Craig Smith recruit. But, you know, then you have Taylor Funk, who we brought in transfer-wise. He's got Dan Ackeny's brought in. You know, he's beginning to put more of his stamp on the team and we're and we're seeing that trend continue eventually it'll be all of his recruits but as his you know he's influencing the roster more and more and we're only in year two whereas normally it might take three years to cycle everybody out in year Mm -hmm. two it's largely ryan odom's team with a little bit of previous coaches players still mixed in so and of course with with ard She's had like basically two, three new rosters. You know, 2020 that year, that's a wash. You throw it out the window. Not really that concerned. Uh, Rob Nielsen, when he came in, that was his first year as a volleyball coach. He went five and ten. Okay, what is he doing now? Back to back, you know, years with hardware, regular season and conference postseason title. Right. So you kind of throw the 2020 year out the door um, because of that. But year two and year three, you know, Nielsen was able to bring in transfers and recruits and things like that, build build a good team. R just hasn't managed to do that. And volleyball was in a position almost as bad as, as basketball was, where they volleyball over like two seasons, from like 2018 to 2019, or specific year may actually vary, but there was a two-year stretch where they won like four games, four or five games combined in two seasons. And... They flipped it around in a relatively short manner of time. Again, just because of the right coach. You know, Nielsen had a pretty good uh, background. Ard didn't quite have the prestigious background as, as Nielsen did, but still, you know, sometimes it just takes the right coach. Maybe Ard just isn't the right one. Uh, 8968, Coach Smiths came into a very good situation at Utah State, better than he left them with, to say the least. Is that uh? The Smith from the 80s or the 90s? I think he, he was mentioning the one Oh, that, sorry, there's a previous text, so that's a good point. Oh. I know the men under Con Smith got yeah. into a big fight with Vegas a few years ago. Of all things, Vegas went after Kendall Youngblood. Not a good move. Um, and so, that's well, that's a good question. I don't know if this Coach Smith is the Con Smith or Craig Smith. Uh, so maybe uh, 8968, you could clarify which Coach Smith uh, you're meaning in your second uh, text there. Coach Smith came into a very good situation at Utah State, better than he left them, to say the least. I would probably say that's probably more an indication of Con Smith than it was of Craig Smith. Probably, because he took over for Rod Tuller, who went 21-10, and 10, and I don't think Con had one. I, I looked it up because I saw him send that text in, and he had one winning season in five years. Now it's 16-12. And, and I don't know that I'd say that, that – well, 
there's maybe some debate that Craig Smith, with the players that went with him and just graduation, uh, with Sam Merrill gone, Nimi gone, that the Utah State Aggies under Craig Smith, or excuse me, immediately after Craig Smith, were not quite to the same level as they were when he showed, first showed up. Yeah, he just but about, it wasn't he just about left the cupboards bare. I mean, yeah, Justin Bean. Well, with, because of graduation and uh, some transfers, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you took the promising freshman, Raleigh Wooster. You, you took one of their better defenders, Marco Anthony. Um, obviously some talent left over, but Ashworth was still, I think he was going into his sophomore year, still very young and a, and a little raw. Um, and like who else was left after that? You know, Odom had a pretty tough task and did pretty well to build a you know a functional roster out of that. Right, and, uh, broken have a Brock record. Miller. Yeah, Brock Miller at that point was broken down, too many injuries. Abel Porter left as well. Um, he was off to or did he leave? He the was year a, bef- he left the year before that. Okay, so he'd already been gone. But so, you know, you know, Smith didn't leave a whole lot. For Odom to take over. No, that's fair. That's 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 true. That is true. The more uh, I think about it and kind of go through the process of who was here and who left, but um, yeah, like at least he yeah, left him Justin Bean. Like, at least he had that. He didn't leave the, the cupboards completely bare, but beyond you know the main dish, yeah, they didn't. There wasn't much. So Odom had to had to. Yeah, that's why I brought in two starters. All right, got to uh, take a time out. Got several of your texts coming through. We'll get to those. Uh, we'll also reveal who won pick six, get into the stat that blew our minds, our player of the week. We've got uh, a high school player of the week to recognize for high school hoops. We'll do that coming up on the full court press as well. So stick around. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Happy holidays from Birch Creek Golf Course. For your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com. Birch Creek's online store offers punch passes that are on sale at the spring sale price, as well as driving range passes and discounted golf lessons from our PGA teaching staff. So for your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com and enjoy Birch Creek's virtual online store. And happy holidays from your friends at Birch Creek. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust the stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com.
Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, bending, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. We've been talking about coaching and uh, some breaking news this hour. Yeah. Coach Odom going to UNLV. That's true. It has been confirmed from Brett McMurphy. Coach Odom is going to be the UNLV's next head coach. Now what? that's Barry Odom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, defensive coordinator at Arkansas, former head coach at Missouri, and this is for football. Yeah, <laughs> gave us a bit of a, a shock at first. They did when I was I was scrolling through my Twitter feed and saw UNLV, you know, hiring coach. I was like, wait, 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 what? So I I I had to look at it for a couple of seconds. Oh, it's some other guy named Odom. I was like, it's the middle of basketball season. Why is UNLV hiring a new coach? They're doing just fine. Like, what's going on? <laughs> no, it's just another guy named Coach Odom. Because when I was reading the tweet, it just said it had his Twitter handle, it just says at Coach Odom. So I didn't see they hired, you know, Barry, Barry Odom. Odom. It just said Coach Odom. So that's what threw me off really, <laughs> really <laughs> bad initially. Uh, by the way, 8968 texting in. We were asking for clarification on his earlier text. He says both. Was it Con Smith or Craig Smith? He says Con took a championship team from the year. Uh, before, with most of them returning and tanked. I don't think he had a winning team. Craig didn't leave Odom much, and I think he has done a great coaching job so far. Yeah. Yeah, Adam's done a really good job. You know, did well enough his first year with what he had left, and then his built this team up further and put his 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 uh, his coaching stamp on this team so far. It's off and, to a good start. Yeah, looking good. Uh, nine three one five. Uh, how many players are on the women's basketball team from Utah? Kinley Falslev is from Utah, from Benson. Yeah, there's one val from the Valley. I don't uh, think anybody I think else is. I think that's it. I'd have to look, double-check the roster, but I think there's only the one. We'll double-check. There might be another who went to high school. I think there's another one that went to high school somewhere in Utah. I think there's a girl from American Fork. I'd have to double check, but there's only a couple. One five seven zero. Did you guys see the video of Deion Sanders? Basically, told the Colorado players to hit the portal and give him more room to bring his own players in. That's the era 
That's the, that's the era they were under. Uh, I, I did see that. Now, some people are trying to say that some of that may have been taken a little bit out of context. But from what I saw, um, it was pretty clear. He was trying to say, look, there's a new standard here. You guys didn't get it done. So if you leave, you're going to give more opportunities for other guys to come in here to get it done. Yeah, and there's still a lot of talk about Deion Sanders, and some people are mad now because he left, you know, a, a historic black college. Uh, and after he went there, saying I was gonna, I'm gonna elevate these colleges, you know, which he did. He for, did uh, for a couple of years, but now there, there's some people who are saying he's a sellout. Others are like, well, of course, that was always what's gonna happen. It was <laughs> always, it was inevitable. We all knew what was happening. The second he had success, everyone knew what was happening. Yes. We don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, 9938, Kayla Ard's entire coaching staff changed, so I think that's a factor. Yes, there, no, it wasn't just a wholesale change on the players. It was a big-time change for the coaches, too. Yeah. Her and, like, two players were all that's left from last year's team, plus maybe some team managers or whatever. They just happen to be going to the school as well. Yeah. But in terms of people that will show up on the roster page, there's three people left over from last year's team. Uh, seven nine nine four. I understand how the transfer portal has accelerated the process. However, I still think it takes three to five years, especially when you're rebuilding a program. Losses to the transfer portal should also be considered. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the fact that Kaylard hasn't been able to show any semblance of building a program, and and I've said this multiple times. All it takes is one year, because the symptom of Always losing the players is, again, something that predates Art, and all it takes is the one great season that halts the trend or at least hits the brakes on it. And then you begin to really start the rebuild or at least, you know, go to the next step of, okay, we've rebuilt, we've had a good season, now we can actually build a functional program rather than just having the stopgap of one good year among many, you know, Rob Nielsen can do that, where he had the good year, and now he's beginning to build an actual program. Amy Smith with gymnastics, I mean, they weren't necessarily bad, but she was able to slowly build a program, you know, had a couple of good years, and, yeah. and they've built a functional, gymna- or more than functional, gymnastics program. Mm-hmm. It's like, if Art had had the one good year, that's what you're looking for, or at least decent year, where you, you can begin to build a program. Craig Smith had that one big year, Utah State was struggling. They were mediocre. They were having a hard time ever since joining the Mountain West. Craig Smith, bam. Utah State basketball is back. Yeah. Yeah, very true. And, you know, in an era of, of uh, transfer portal, like if it's, if it's not working out, if it's, a, if it's not a good situation for you, why should you be, you know, chained <laughs> to that situation for the rest of your collegiate career? Now players have opportunities to – Go somewhere else that give them better opportunities. If and that doesn't necessarily mean more playing time. And so uh, it's interesting to see how it's playing out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, for Utah State women's basketball, uh, five three three eight. I thought UNLV was going to hire Ed Orgeron or Chris Peterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Orgeron <laughs> earlier this week's like, uh, no, I have no interest in going to UNLV. That was the wishful thing. It was like when um, 
Carson Palmer was on like Dan Patrick show and he's like listing off names like oh um oh shoot I just spaced his name the Steelers coach um I suddenly spaced oh. his name <laughs> now, yeah. now you forgot it too no, yeah he like put it on the spot oh Mike Tomlin that's who it was yes thank you he uh he's like oh Mike Tomlin's candidate and then he, and then Carson Palmer's acting like oh oh I've leaked something that I shouldn't have. And then Tomlin gets asked about it, and he's like, why in the ever-loving heck, based paraphrasing, it's like, why in the ever-loving heck would I leave the Steelers to go to USC? Now, granted, USC did perfectly well on their yeah, coaching Yeah, just hire, fine. But still, it's the wishful thing of, oh, we're going to get Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's like, what the heck? I'm a Super Bowl winning head coach. Yeah, why are you throwing my name around? It's like LSU being like, oh, we're going to hire Bill Belichick. Like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Uh, we'll see if this one works out. Another uh, coordinator. Now, the difference here with Barry Odom is that he does have head coaching experience, which some of his predecessors did not have. Uh, so eh, we'll see how that works. Um, uh, step aside from this. This is something that we uh, something we started in the football season, and we're going to continue it during the basketball season. We've got... Um, we. we We've got some serious connections to what's going on. I don't know if connections is the right word, but boots on the ground. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. We've got a lot of people as part of our organization who are keeping an eye on a lot of different games going on. And a few years ago, I was. I, this has been going on for a long time with this organization, and I was very slow to realize this. Until a few years ago, I realized we have all these people that are calling these games and know the sports and know the players. We need to do an all-region team because they're gonna. There's a, a lot of people who can vote on this, and by aggregate, we should have some pretty good, solid returns here on what this means. And we've been doing that now for a few years, and it's been really good, really interesting. And then Jason comes on, and he's you wanted to take it to another level, yeah. like why? Basically, why are we only doing this uh, once a year for football and once a year for basketball? Why don't we put our collective heads together more often than just once once uh, for the season? And so we started this in the football season, recognizing a player of the week, somebody who really stood out. And we did that during football, and now we're going to start doing it for basketball as well. Yeah, it's, it's something I really enjoy doing. And, yeah, the fact that we have people calling, they're watching every single one of these games. They're watching the players. So they know what's happening. They're not just watching stat sheets. They they see who are the good players. And so we, we started that in football. We I had the idea a little late, so we just did it for region play. But for basketball, we're going to do it for the whole year. And it's not just going to be for boys' basketball. We're going to have it for girls' basketball as well. Uh, for instance, the, the nominees we had for our player of the week this week uh, included two boys and two girls. And, you know, there are there are plenty of votes for both, so we're going to be keeping an eye on you know all of these games, and we'll be voting every week. This week I kind of combined it with there was like a few games like from November twenty second, like the back end of that week, and I combined it with this past week, so it's kind of like player of the week and a half, <laughs> player of the week plus. Yeah. So going forward, it'll just be week by week. With we'll probably take a couple of weeks off when there's you know, around Christmas and and whatnot where there's no games. Right. But, you know, for pretty much every week where there are games, 
We're going to have a player of the week. So uh, nominations, uh, you look at some player performances, you compile kind of a list, and then share that with our collective and uh, our collective group, and then uh, everybody returns a ballot, and basically, on who they think deserves to be recognized. Yeah, I tweaked the voting slightly where we have ranked choice ballots this, this week, uh, or this time, instead of just straight up, you know, one vote for everyone. Although, the person who won it was a pretty overwhelming favorite, uh, but not unanimous. But the, the four nominees that we had, um, it was, uh, we had Emily Skinner of Ridgeline, uh, the Ridgeline girls. She averaged 20.5 points, six rebounds, four assists, five steals in, in two games. Uh, she led her team in like four of the five major statistical categories. It's incredible. So it was pretty, and she was second in blocks. So dang near led her team in every category, major category. Yeah, Tanner Davis, I don't have complete stats for Tanner Davis. I did have them for one game, where in one game he had like uh, 18.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 8 steals, and 2 blocks. Um, I didn't necessarily have the stats, those other stats for other games. I just knew he averaged 16 points, but from what I've been hearing, um, I haven't managed to watch him yet, but from what I've been hearing from others, he's been very impressive this year so far. Could be a you know big force in, in Region 11. We've also got Cambry Tensmeyer. Uh, Green Canyon girls. Uh, she was the only nominee on here who had a losing record initially. The Green Canyon they went uh, one and two, but she was solid. She had 17 points, a little over three rebounds, a little over two assists, and a steal per game in those three games. So pretty solid on her part. Uh, but the other uh, nominee and the winner of this week's Player of the Week is Justin Anderson of Logan High School. Uh, I got to watch him. Unfortunately, the game I watched him was probably his worst game of the year so far. And his worst game, he scored 12 points. Through four games this year, he's averaging 24. No, I think it's actually 23.8 points. I think my initial notes had it wrong. So almost 24 points per game in four games. He had 31 against Spanish Fork. He had 29 against Tuwilla. Uh, so this guy's been a big scorer. He made 14 of 25 threes. In the opening four games, he's scorching hot from three. So this is a guy who's been very good early on, and it's part of why Logan started three and one. They started three and zero, oh, and they lost the game to Woods Cross. Granted, that was the second game of a back-to-back for Logan. They were playing in back-to-back games, so maybe a bit tired there. But still, great start for Justin Anderson, and he's our first Cash Valley Media Group Basketball Player of the Week. Yeah, solid week for him, and really solid week for Cash Valley basketball teams. Uh, I'll shouldn't include just uh, say Cash Valley only. It should be Region Eleven because Bear River yeah. had a great uh, uh, their Winter Classic. They played some decent competition in that. They played really well in that. I know there were some teams that went down to Southern Utah, and they performed very well in those games. So it's uh, it's been a really solid start for Region Eleven. For uh, for both boys and girls basketball, especially those uh, girls basketball teams that you would expect to be among the uh, the top teams, they're playing very well right now. Yeah, overall they're playing well. You mentioned Bear River. I know Bear River didn't have a nominee, even though they went four and zero, mostly because there wasn't just one player who did statistically well, but they had several guys play really well, and just as a team, they've played well so far. Uh, but I'm hoping we'll see a lot of different players pop up on these player of the week we had that in football i don't think a single player won player of the week twice 
which you can have that sometimes. You just have the one dominant player. They just keep winning. I was like, he's player of the week again and again because he it's keeps. Still but got to give it to yeah. that one. But I think there's a lot of different players uh, in both boys and girls basketball. We're going to be putting up numbers and having really good games this year. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, all the different you know, great basketball players uh, this season. Because I, I just love Region 11 basketball here. It's just so good and so competitive. Yeah, it is. It's really competitive. It's deep. Uh, there are multiple players throughout the region, multiple players on any given team as well that could go off and have a great night. So uh, to read more about it and uh, see how that process worked, it uh, should be published now on Cash Valley Daily. Com. Uh, quick time out here in the Full Court Press. Uh, when we come back, we'll reveal our pick six. How did we do? We're trying to predict the things that were going to happen this last weekend. Who won this week? We'll find out. 435-339-0321. If you want to text in and chime in as well. Several families who need help this holiday season have been nominated by trusted individuals. Some of them need winter clothes. Others would like toys or music. And others simply need basic necessities. The Cash Valley Media Group is sponsoring Cares for Christmas. Visit caresforchristmas.org to see what these families need, then drop off your donations to 810 West, 200 North in Logan. Thank you for helping these deserving families, and thanks for caring this Christmas. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. At Valvelinus an oil change will make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration. All while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valvelinus an oil change, 695 North Main, across from Angie's. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al's Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. Not sure what to give for a holiday gift for family or employees? How about a gift card to Beehive Pub and Grill? Receive a voucher for a free gelato with a $25 gift card purchase. Or a voucher for a free burger or sandwich of your choice with a $50 gift card purchase. Take care of your coworkers, employees, and family with a gift card from Beehive Pub and Grill. Open 11 to 8.30 weekdays and 11 to 9 Friday and Saturday. Beehive Pub and Grill is perfect for the holidays. If you're thinking about getting engaged this holiday, shop Essie Needham Jewelers. We always offer integrity price guarantee. In fact, at match quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing. So you'll get Essie Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is open seven days a week. They're at 695 North Main in Logan. 
Quick, clean, and easy how it should be when it comes to getting your oil changed. So stop in today or any day this week. Uh, so we were talking about Region 11 high school basketball. And um, you know, several teams were down in southern Utah at tournaments. Bear River hosted their own. Um, so a couple more teams will be heading down south later uh, later this month. Uh, Skyview's at a tournament at Davis uh, the, later on this weekend. But uh, as we said, pretty good start to uh, the season for Region 11 basketball. And uh, you know, Bear River off to a 4-0 start. A very solid start for them. Uh, gosh, when we had Coach Shaw on, he was really downplaying his team. Not sure. He said they're going to be young. Uh, they don't really have much senior leadership. But that young team has really come together and played really well. Yeah, they've played pretty well. Again, as a team, like I said, when we were talking about Player of the Week, they didn't really have a nominee. But it's because they've played well together as a team. They have three different guys, I think, actually four different guys, averaging more than nine points per game, which I don't think a whole lot of teams are doing that right now. So they're spreading the scoring around. Two of their really their two main guys coming back, at least starters, were Kyver Jensen and Garrick Marble. They're the two guys you know, leading the team in terms of scoring. Uh, and also in rebounds and assists. But yeah, overall, the team is playing super well, or you know, at least solid. I wouldn't say super well, but solid. Uh, and the schedule, I don't think, has been bad. I haven't had a chance to look at every single team they've played. Um, but, you know, some decent, you know, a couple of, I think, Kearns well, is... Kearns, a, it's a higher level. Yeah, and I think Morgan as well is a 5A, 6A team. So um, Morgan might be a, th- a oh, they're three A. Never mind, they're three A. Yeah. I thought they were f- so yeah, Kearns is six A. Some reason I thought K- Morgan was five A. I don't know, but you know they've had some good wins. They've they started off only scoring forty five points against Kearns, but these last few games they've been scoring in the fifties and sixties. So you know, good job by Bear River so far. Yeah, uh, Morgan, North San Pete, and Union, the teams who participated in their Winter Classic were all three A schools. But those are good wins for Bear River to get young players experience acclimated and uh, get some momentum for them. Now, Skyview, uh, that's a team that um, had to go on the road. They were down in southern Utah, but uh, similarly, they're off to a 4-0 start. Different level of competition for them, starting out with their win over Box Elder and then sweeping their games against Cedar, Desert Hills, and Pineview. Yeah, that's big for them because you go down there and uh... – and you start off with a win against a 5A team, but then you go down against the you know the, the Cedars and Desert Hills and Pine Views. Those are the teams you face in the playoffs. And the fact that they did well down there, I mean, they beat Cedars 68-52, so you know 16-point win there. Then uh, I can't even do the math on the 71-37 win over Desert Hills, whatever that is. Um, I think it's 34. Um, and then 10-point win over Pine View. You know, double-digit wins, not just sweeping, but double-digit wins over the teams that you'll probably end up seeing in the playoffs, that's a big deal, especially when you're playing basically on the road, down where they are. Oh, yeah, that's their home territory. So Absolutely. uh, The fact that they were able to have these quality wins really shows exactly why Skyview is the favorite in this region. Uh, Green Canyon, uh, one and two to start their season. Uh, Challenging losses, the... uh, but struggled against both Syracuse and Juan Diego, uh, but uh, had Twin Falls in town last week. And that was an exciting game down to the wire, and Green Canyon wins it on a putback late. 
Um, and so they're picking up their first win. Then they've got a tough challenge on Wednesday as they're going to be at Box Elder. Uh, Logan's had four games, and as you had mentioned earlier, uh, that's uh, it's been a f- good start for uh, for the Grizzlies as well. Yeah, un- unfortunately, despite being the voice of the Grizzlies, I've only done one game so far. <laughs> a lot of that just has to do with my schedule. But I'll be doing their games basically from now on, with only like one exception, I think. Um, so you know, and unfortunately, the one I did was the one they lost. So maybe I'm a you're bad luck. I'm bad luck. But you know, they've played some. Uh, teams i believe in higher divisions i think i think granger is yeah they're a 6a team you know tuwilla i think is it's a 5a yeah they're 5a spanish fork i think is i'm gonna look at it really quick (laughs) i have their schedule they're also 5a woods cross is 5a 5A. i believe Mm -hmm. so they've they've not played a 4a team yet now granted that these 5 and 6a teams aren't exactly world beaters of the 5a and 6a world but They've been playing really well. Granted, they beat Granger by nearly 40 points. They beat Tooele by more than 40 points. They beat Spanish Fork by nine. Um, this is a team that can put up points in a you know really well. They scored 83 in each of their first two games, 72 in their next game. Now they did go and face a Woods Cross team that has some decent length and a decent defense, and Logan pretty much got shut down, only scoring 49 points. So you keep an eye on that. But this is a this is a team that can definitely put up points in a hurry and defend decently well. Uh, Ridgeline, another school that's off to a hot start, four and zero to get their season going, beating Tooele, and like Skyview going down to Southern Utah and sweeping Desert Hills, Pineview, and Cedar, and uh, those were those are home games for those other teams. Yeah. So doing it on the road and a real good prep for uh, the four A playoffs, which will be here in Logan. At Utah State University. Yeah, not quite as dominant, but similarly dominant, where they only win by two against Desert Hills, but then they win double digits, you know, against uh, Pineview and Cedar City. They beat Cedar by 20-plus points. So, you know, basically same thing I said about Skyview. It's good that they can beat them there on the road against the kind of teams you're going to see in the playoffs, and it's a chance for them to flex their muscles and also for the coach to say, hey, look, Pretty much all of you guys are new. I don't think they returned a single starter. They returned a handful of rotation players. A lot of these guys are new, and they're able to walk in and say, all right, you just beat all the teams that you're going to face in the playoffs most likely. You're a good team. And originally, like, we, we, I think we both picked them to finish second, second or third in the we were doing ours. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And we, we both showed confidence, even though this team is completely reloading. There's, you know, there's confidence in the program. And right now, they're, they're showing why, you know, you have confidence in the program because it's been working. Solid start. Now, for Mountain Crest to finish it off, they've been very competitive in their games. They're 2-2 they're two and two right now, but uh, a two-point win over Clearfield to get things opening and then uh, for them. And then when they went down to Southern Utah and uh, they, they, they beat Pineview by a bucket. Uh, they lose to Cedar by a bucket. Uh, and they lose to Desert Hills in a close game by just five points. So very competitive games for the Mustangs, but right now two and two uh, on the year. Yeah, so we'll kind of a two be determined because obviously you know Skyview and Ridgeline are definitely the you know the world beaters of the region, at least the the favorites. Skyview especially so. They managed to put a beat down on some of these teams, but Mountain Crest was right level with them. So Mountain Crest obviously has to improve. To make a dent in Region 11, 
But this is a program that if they continually improve, then they can, you know, maybe make some noise, fight towards the middle of the table of Region 11, maybe get an upset or two. All right, another quick timeout on the Full Court Press. We'll be right back on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's back. Jarek's Fine Jewelry in Logan is having our annual Pick a Pearl event. If you've attended this in the past, you know how much fun we have. And if you haven't come before, you don't want to miss this exciting event. For only $10, pick your oyster, open it that day, or save it for that stocking stuffer surprise. Mark your calendar Friday and Saturday, December 9th and 10th. Pick a pearl at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Look for the bright green cars. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Happy holidays and thank you for letting Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center take care of your family medical needs. Make sure you call now for an appointment before the end of the year to utilize your cafeteria funds. Located in Providence and the new Three Peaks Medical Plaza, North Logan. The entire staff, along with Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette, wish you a safe and wonderful holiday. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products included. Select Med are accepted. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Napa Auto Parts will help you be more prepared for this cold weather. And they've got a lot of different things in store to help you do that. Go check it out see what deals they have going on. Make sure you have plenty of starting power, too, with the Napa Legend battery. Five locations between Preston and Providence. That's Napa Auto Parts. Did you know Leighton Christian is listed as a 4A independent? I did. I did not know that. I think that's new this year. I was going to say that was not the case a year ago. So I don't know if anybody has Leighton Christian on their schedules. I don't think they do. No, they Skyview will play Leighton Christian. I guess that means they'll jump into the playoffs. Yeah, but they're not part of any. They're not part of any region. Any there's a region handful. Of, there's a handful play. of uh, independents that you get throughout high school. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Logan football. They played um, Cottonwood, who is a five A independent, at least in football. Yeah, Skyview's the only four or Region Eleven team who plays Leighton Christian, and that'll be coming up next week on December fourteenth. There you go. Uh, but. Three teams in Region 11 undefeated at 4-0. and Yeah. Then you got a 3-1 and team. Yes. In Logan. So right now, very strong early on. But again, you know, non-region can be tricky because you try and figure out right, who's playing the good teams. You know, you can almost argue that maybe Logan's played a tougher schedule than Ridgeline and in uh, Skyview and, and whatnot. So it's like, I mean, again, they're not playing you know, world-beating 5A, 6A teams, but it's not like Skyview and didn't seem like Skyview originally was playing super tough 4A teams. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the first RPI of the season will be released next week, tail end of next week. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, so we'll see. 
Uh, we'll do uh, pick six results, stat, and player coming up next hour. Stick around on the full court press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last night, the Buccaneers took down divisional rival New Orleans as Tom Brady and the Bucs trailed by 13 going into the final three minutes. But just as we've come to expect with Brady, the QB led Tampa to that last second comeback. The Buccaneers' win is a step in the right direction for a team that struggled to live up to the expectations. But although a victory is never something to be disappointed about, the Bucs still have a long way to go in order to compete with the NFC's best. Tampa ranks dead last in rushing yards per game, 27th in scoring offense. And in the rare chance the team does find the red zone, Tampa's in the bottom half of the league in red zone scoring percentage. Last night's win over New Orleans certainly will help the Bucs with that playoff run, but with so many glaring issues still hanging over this team, a last-second win over a 4-9 Saints team doesn't provide too much hope for fans looking for another Super Bowl run. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is above the noise.